0: of Wisdom Bible Church, the church of a different generation. The subject is still God's Management Principles. God's Management Principles. Last week, we'll examine the historical and philosophical origin of money because we are now dealing with how we can apply God's Principle to the management of material resources. So, and from that background, we established that money has no intrinsic value of its own. Money has no intrinsic value of its own outside the one conferred on it by the consent of man. Therefore, money is a social convention. So, money derives its value from the social convention that makes it acceptable as the official means for economic transaction. Uh, today, when you see cowry cell, what comes to your mind? When you see cowry cell, what comes to your mind? You know cowry cell? OK. What comes to your mind? Something fetish. So the same cowry cell that believers will avoid today because of its cultural fetish identity, was once upon a time used as money in Africa. So why was it acceptable as money then and not acceptable today? Human mindset, human consent. So the social convention has been withdrawn and it, it has taken a different identity from its historical commercial purpose. Am I talking to somebody? So that said, the purchasing power of money is not worth the breath of God, that made man a living soul. That was the high point of last week's discussion. The purchasing power of money, okay, is not worth the breath of God that made man a living soul. And that is why you should not for the sake of money, okay, allow yourself to perish in hell. What makes man a living soul It's outside the purchasing power of money. So money is potentially neutral. That's the implication of that. Potentially, money is neutral. The spirituality that is being tied to money is derived from the spiritual state of the person that is handling money. So potentially, money is neutral. And we are going to establish that further from some selected teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ as we move on in the study today. Of course, money is neutral potentially because the same type and amount of currency that is being used to promote immorality of nudity, hard drugs, I mean, drug trafficking, terrorism, and other terrible vices by a worldly entertainment industry will create lucrative jobs when put in the custody of a godly entrepreneur. The same type of currency, the same amount, okay? That somebody who is worldly-minded will invest into BB Nigeria, put it into somebody who has an entrepreneurship mind. He will take the same measure of money to create lucrative, godly job. Then take the same amount of money and the same currency and put it in the hand of a mission-minded man of God. He will use it for word evangelization, the same money. same money will forever be my friend because I will use it or apply it for godly purpose. So, money is neutral. Is the reason it can serve either good or evil purpose? Money is neutral. Is the reason it can serve either good or evil purpose? When God gives you, may you apply it to a godly purpose in the name of Jesus. So, depending on the spiritual disposition of the person sending it on errand, money is a messenger. Money is what a messenger. So it will serve good purpose when the person sending it on Iran is a godly-minded person. It will serve evil purpose when the person sending it on okay, is not a godly person. So money is a messenger of the mindset of the person controlling it. So money is a messenger of the mindset of the person that is controlling it. And until such a person submits to money authority, okay, money remains a messenger. But by the time you submit your control of money to money and you allow money to control you, then money becomes a terrible master. So today, we are looking at what Jesus taught about money. The things that Jesus taught about money. Now, is this biblical word, Though demonized today which Jesus used to describe money and other associated things of uh, economic value. The word mammon. Have you come across that word before? Mammon. It spells M-A-M-M-O-N. Mammon. That biblical word mammon that is popularly associated with money as used by Jesus in his teachings is not limited to money. Actually, mammon refers to riches and wealth in general. Riches and wealth in general. So, therefore, when Jesus originally used that word, it was never intended to be termed evil. Why? Because everything God created For man's use, according to God's testimony about them in Genesis chapter 1, is that they are good. At the close of everyday work during creation, God will observe, God will reappraise, and God will draw a verdict of the quality of what he has created. And the verdict is that uh, they were all good. In fact, when he eventually created man, he found it very good. Praise the name of the Lord. So he found it very good. So the same thing applies to whatever material that we now use and dump as currency. I'm still we're still dwelling on the fact that Jesus himself, okay, in his teaching, acknowledge the neutrality of money when it comes to either doing good or evil. So the word mammon. In the English Bible, the King James Version in particular has a long history of transliteration. Transliteration, not translation. That word, okay, was not translated from its original source, but rather it was transliterated. Let me explain that. When you do translation, you give the meaning of a word that is written in another language. That's translation. However, for transliteration, translation will not tell you the meaning of the word, but rather it will give you an idea of how the word is pronounced in a foreign language. Are we together? Okay. Let's use orange as an example. Those of us who speak Yoruba in church, What is the Yoruba word for orange? Awesome. Okay. Which one is English word? Answer me, church. Which one is awesome? Yoruba. So it means if you want to translate orange to Yoruba, you call it uh, awesome. Now, can you help me translate mango to Yoruba? Mangoro. Now is mango a Yoruba word? No. So it means that it, uh, translating mango to Yoruba, you don't you actually don't translate, you transliterate. You just give us an idea of how it is pronounced in its original word. So the same thing applies to mammon. So instead of seeking interpretation of meaning which is the goal of translation, transliteration will settle for adaptation. We look for something in a a way of pronouncing the word in such a way that it doesn't deviate too much from its uh, original source. So, mammon in English started as mehammon in Hebrew mammon in english m-a-m-m-o-n in english started as m-i-h-a-m-o-n in hebrew and then became Mamona in aramaic m-a-m-o-n-a in aramaic you know hebrew is the original language of the jewish people jesus himself being a jew but in his days because there were He live in a culture of mixed race. A culture of what? Mixed race. Whereby the kind of Hebrew they were speaking is more or less like a mixture of Hebrew and Greek, like what we call our Pidgin English today in Nigeria. Okay? Pidgin English is still a kind of a a version of English language, but that is uh, associated with the Nigerian society, particularly the South-South and Lagos-based people. By then they, uh, they, they, they start to throw detail like this, you will, you will lose balance. Praise the name of the Lord. So Aramaic, the, the original language of the Hebrew people, uh, of the Jewish people, is Hebrew. But in the days of Jesus Christ, they speak a version of it because it was a mixed-race people that live in his generation, the Romans were there, and several other cultures. So, Jesus spoke in Aramaic. And so, from the Mahamon of Hebrew, it was pronounced as Mamona in, uh, in Aramaic. And then, by the time he traveled and came down to southwest, Yoruba land in Nigeria, it became what? Mamoni. So, Yoruba... Is what English, Aramaic, Mamona, Hebrew. So, so the root meaning of Mammon. Let's check it, because from there we will see the goodness of Mammon, the innocence of Mammon, and the spiritual neutrality of mammon from its original source so the goodness the innocence or spiritual neutrality of money can be further established from the from the meaning of the original Hebrew root of the Aramaic word Mamona, which has been argued to be transliterated from Hebrew and of course, that is understandable given the Jewish background of Jesus although he spoke in Aramaic to deliver his teachings. So, in the Mishnaic Hebrew, by Mishnaic Hebrew we mean the early rabbinic Hebrew, the fashion of Hebrew language that the early teachers, the Jewish teachers spoke so the word my ammon is a contraction of me meaning from and ammon meaning accumulation. So by the time you dissect my ammon, you are going to have me, which means from, and then ammon, which means accumulation. And of course, it connotes wealth or money from its original source. Without any spirituality attached to it. Are we together? Without any religious coloration attached to it from its original meaning, it means something that comes from what you accumulate, what you acquire, what you gain. What you are paid, maybe as a reward or as a wage, or what you get as a result of economic activity. So from the original source of that word, mammal, it has no spiritual or religious coloration because it was very innocent and neutral when it comes to either doing good or evil. So, mammon is thus a term that is literally used in Hebrew Bible as the equivalent to gain. If you use the death scroll and the talmud, you will discover that that is how mammon has been described. So, you will therefore notice also that each time, that term, mammon is used by Jesus to instruct caution. We have had people who said Jesus thought about money more than he thought about the uh, about ever or anything else. Yes, Jesus might have made use of that word money severally than he used other words that are connected with uh, eternity. But each time he used it, he used it to point people to eternity. Are we together? So, and every time you use, find Jesus using that word, he used it to instruct caution. So, it always comes with that sense that is conveying warning about idolization of mammon. Idolization of money. Jesus never condemned association with the substance itself. I want to hear, I want you to hear me clearly. Jesus s- spoke about money in such a way to make us to realize that money possesses the tendency to make us derail. And therefore, he warned us against idolization of money. He never rebuke us or hinder us from associating with the substance itself. So association with money is not evil. It is idolization that is condemnable. When you idolize it, it is then that it is condemnable. Matthew 6:24. No man, here is Jesus speaking, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will owe to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. What was Jesus saying? Serve God, use money. Hello? Serve God, but what? Use money. So don't idolize money. So Jesus was not saying don't associate with money, but don't put money in the place that God should occupy in your life. Are we together? So from here, we can infer or conclude that generalization of money as idol or demon was never intended by Jesus. You know, in some quarters today, generally money is viewed as something devilish. My own people will say, a shulowo. So you should know that every idol is originally a piece of natural material that answers to whatever use man makes out of them or call them. Are we together? Even idols that people worship, originally they are pieces of natural material, but they answer to whatever use man make out of them. So nothing is an idol until man make it one. Nothing is an idol until one until a man make it an idol. So, therefore, money also is not evil, except you got it by evil means and use it for evil purpose. Let's look at Psalm 115 from verse 4. Their idols are silver and gold, the works of men's hand. So, the same silver Okay, that Aaron turned to Golden Calf, and the children of Israel were worshipping, was just an ornament on their neck until somebody collected them, met them together, and said, Oh Israel, this is your God that brought you out of Egypt. So the silver. The gold that became the golden calf was very innocent and neutral, serving the purpose of ornament until it was proclaimed an idol by man. Are we together? And that's why I say nothing is an idol until man makes it one. So, money too is not evil, except you got it by evil means and you use it for evil purpose. Verse 5. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. No have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not, neither speak they through their throats that they that made them are like unto them. So is everyone that trusted in them. So, how did a piece of wood become an idol? How did a piece of stone eh, become an idol? And you see an aged woman okay, paying obeisance. A piece of stone. So nothing is an idol until a man makes it one. So, and the same thing applies to money. It will never be an idol until it is an idol until it is an idol in your mind. So money is an errand of your mindset. So, Jesus never intended the generalization of mammon, that is money, riches, wealth, as uh, something evil. But rather, he conveyed caution on its idolization. He never condemned associating with money. Then when we go further and check some other scripture where we found a rendering of the negativity of mammon, Jesus again introduced uh, some kind of distinction to so that what was being condemned is idolatry of riches and its acquisition by evil means and not that the generation of money or riches are something evil was intended. I hope somebody following me. Miracle are we together? Let's look at the volume verses in Luke chapter 16. So referring to mammon, Jesus, in one of the verses, verse 9, called it the unrighteous mammon. In verse 11, he called it mammon of unrighteousness. Luke 69, and I say unto you, make yourself friends of the mammon of unrighteousness. That when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust that true riches can you see that there are two classes now? True riches and the true riches Jesus was talking here, he was talking about here is not eternal riches but he was addressing the source the one that is clean are we together? True riches so one is unrighteous because of its source the other one is uh, true because of also its source so when you check the story that informed Uh, Those verses of the scripture, you will discover that the unfaithful servant acquired the wealth he was distributing through unscrupulous means. So it is the fraudulent acquisition of wealth by the unfaithful servant that made Jesus to qualify such kind of wealth as unrighteous mammon or mammon of unrighteousness. So in that case they believe in some culture that money is devil personified just as they also hold about women and at some other point they turn around like they say i think i said that here last week, last week, uh, last week that hallelujah So that belief in some culture that money is devil-personified just as they hold about women is not biblical. Such delicate absolutism should be jettisoned. Now, let's look at the balanced perspective that believers are expected to hold about money. So from the above, it can be understood that the demonization of money and riches as evil is an evolutionary thing. It was never their original status. It it was the experience of people over the years not the origin of money or the philosophy that brought it about in the first place that made it evil. So it's stigmatization as devil personified is an evolutionary thing. It was over time that mammon became personified as the demon of greed. And it eventually got listed among the seven art demons attacked to the seven deadly sins by medieval theologians. Time will fail us to go into all of that. And this is because, more often than not, majority determines identity. Do you agree with that statement? Majority determines what? Identity. Of course, usually, one good egg is not always honored with the popularity of one bad egg. Now, when there is one bad egg, they will view everybody as evil. But when there is one good egg, people pretend as if none of them is good. Are we together? So one good egg is not always honored with the popularity of one bad egg. Where majority are going about money using evil means, certainly money will be accorded evil identity. So the reason money is accorded evil identity is because majority are going about the issue of money. Money. By evil means. So, what then is the balance perspective that will help you to relate with money and manage it effectively? It's for you to understand that money is an abstract social phenomenon. It's an abstract social phenomenon. Very neutral, very innocent by its intended creation for use as means of economic transaction. However, over time, it started to have divergent evolu- um, evolutionary philosophical roots. And of course, that has involved or influenced the different religious perspectives people now hold about money. So today, people hold different religious perspective about money however its original root is still very intact its original root is in the imaginative capacity of man to create solution exchanging goods and services and then you have value for what you are giving became a problem you know they started with trade by butter okay. You have yam, somebody else has gold. Of course, gold has higher value than the yam. But the man that has yam, he cannot find somebody around who can give something of equivalent uh, value. And the man with gold is hungry. So he will be forced to give up his gold for yam. He's been cheated. And so man in his imaginative capacity, created money as a solution to make life easy and economic transaction convenient. Imagine if today we are to continue by trade by battle up to this modern age. So money is an abstract concept that is humanly conceived. Money is humanly conceived. It is not divinely commanded money is humanly conceived. It is not divinely commanded. Therefore, it's neutral. So the value of money resides in human estimation and consequently in its economic purchasing power. First, it has a value that is in your estimation. It has a value that is rooted in social convention and then eventually Eh, eh, that same value we have in our mind is translated to its purchasing power. Am I talking to somebody? So overall, money is a creation of man. Money is what? A creation of man. So, it is not outside your capacity to create wealth. Say it's not outside my capacity to create wealth. Deuteronomy eight eighteen, God said he has given us power. To do what? To make words So money is a creation of man, so it's not outside the believer capacity, it's not outside the believer jurisdiction, it's not outside the believer vocation to also create wealth. Hello, if wealth and righteousness were enemy, Job will never be rich. No other man has been described as more righteous than Job. In spiritual evaluation, okay, by spiritual ranking, okay, after Jesus, the next person to line up is Job. Go read Job chapter 1. The Bible says, of all men, no one was as righteous as Job. Yet, his righteousness was not anti riches." His righteousness was not anti-greatness. His righteousness was not anti-wealth. Am I talking to somebody? God will give you wealth and godliness to match in the name of Jesus. So money is a creation of man. Therefore, it is not outside the believer's jurisdiction. Do you mandate to control? Say, I will control wealth. But where the problem lies is when we attach value to it that is above being an instrument of payment. When we attach value to it that is above means of exchange for good and services, that is idolatrous. And that that was what Jesus won against. Mammon of unrighteousness. Unrighteous mammon. So money, again, I say it, is a social phenomenon useful for determination of economic value. But where it is not well managed, it can break social fabrics. It can destabilize society where it is not well managed. Remove mismanagement of resources from Africa. Africa will be a pleasant place to live in. Are we together? Remove mismanagement of our economic resources. Some of those guys, armed robbers on the street, they will forget the street. Prostitution will reduce. Particularly when you match it with the right teaching from the pulpit. So the philosophy you hold about money and the kind of faith you attach to it will determine the portion money we occupy in your heart. This and this, the place of God and fellow men in your estimation. So, avoid putting an exaggerated value on money. That's the key point. Stop putting an exaggerated value on money. The moment you put an exaggerated value on money, you will start to consider it more important than God. More important than life itself, including your own life. And so you become desperate for it. So this informed the reason some guy will cross the oceans from Africa to go and do what in Europe, to live by prostitution, including bestiality, whereby dog meet with them. The problem is that the value of money has been exaggerated in their mind. Are we together? And so they are ready to do any kind of job just to get money. So you take unreasonable risk. So the number two warning I want to give you in line with the teaching of Jesus is that don't take unreasonable risk because of money. Don't have an exaggerated value of money number one. Number two, don't take unreasonable risk because of money. This is it not an unreasonable risk whereby you allow a dog to sleep with you because you want to get money? Oh, a friend I hear, right? So don't take unreasonable risk at the expense of your physical life. Don't take unreasonable risk at the expense of your spiritual soul to acquire wealth. When you do that, you are telling us you are a slave of money. You are not a master of it. And you are created to be a master of money. A master of everything that God has created. He put us in charge to take control, to have dominion over them. So submitting your dominion to money is the reason you will take unreasonable risk because you want to have money. To me, it is both depravity and stupidity to join courts to get money and you are told your days are numbered. Am I talking to somebody? To me, it is not only the brevity of the mind, it is also stupidity for you to join court to get money and you are told your days are numbered. Such unreasonable risk at the expense of your soul to acquire words is stupidity of the highest order. Then some goes to obtain prosperity by means of brutality. So number three is don't obtain material prosperity by means of brutality towards your fellow man. Don't obtain material prosperity by means of brutality towards your fellow man. How do they do it? Through ritual killing. Doing that is nothing other than the depravity of the mind. Instigated by attaching exaggerated value to money. You know, that is the beginning. The moment you begin to attach exaggerated value to money, the tendency to be desperate for it and do and be ready to take any form of reasonable risk to have it come into your mind. So, if you are indulging in such evil, I come as a servant of the living God, as a prophetic voice, saying, repent, Be because the wrath of God are with those who do such things. In case you have been tempted, you have not started. In case you have been prayed to go into Yahweh. You have been prayed to take to harm robbery. You have been prayed to take into prostitution. Aristo, how do they call it? Oloso or Olosi. You have been pressured to do so. Please, I please, I please. I take on again the garment of a father and I beg, don't succumb. Why? The end of it is eternal damnation. And I close so that we continue next week by saying, money can only serve good and godly purpose in your life and through your hands if you are a good manager of it and not a messenger of the spirit of greed. Say, I reject being a messenger of the spirit of greed. So shall it be in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Receive power to make godly words. Receive grace for its purposeful use to glorify God and bless humanity. In the name of Jesus, somebody shout hallelujah. We believe you'll be blessed by the ministry of this message. You will do well to be the doer of all you've heard for further inquiry and spiritual help contact this number is or worship with us at Oasis of wisdom Bible church adjacent University of Eloring teaching hospital okelsey okay, Eloring. God bless you